No sleep till Brooklyn here on the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. I am gearing up for OAOA this weekend in New York City by drinking a Manhattan. This is not my uh, deathbed Manhattan recipe because I did not feel like driving to the one liquor store where I know I can get Lexington Eye Vermouth. So it is just still, this is an excellent entry into my lexicon of Manhattan options. It is a 5 to 2 ratio of Sazerac Rye to Carpano Antica Sweet Vermouth with two dashes of aromatic bitters and two dashes of Aztec chocolate bitters. Always does a trick. Mm. That sounds delicious. What did you call it? What, what kind of Manhattan is it? So it's not my deathbed Manhattan. Because I have a deathbed called, Manhattan. Don't... This is just a Manhattan. Okay. This is yeah. <laughs> But my What's with the chocolate Manhattan. bitters, though? So, if I, that's not so I have Manhattan. the chocolate bitters in my deathbed Manhattan as well. Because mm-hmm. I have this, there's this restaurant in Glastonbury, really good steakhouse that I don't live particularly close to anymore, but used to for a number of years. It was like our family sort of like big family fancy dinner celebrating whatever. We just wanted to go out for a nice steak dinner or whatever. But they have a, they had a barrel aged Manhattan that they always had on like draft there or whatever. And that had both Angostura and uh, Aztec chocolate bitters in it. It gives it a nice little, like, a uh, little bit of savoriness from, like, the heat and the chocolate. is, is uh, just gives it a little more backbone to it than just the Angostura. It's a nice, it's a, it gives it a little more character, I think. So I've incorporated that into my Manhattans over the years whenever possible. No stranger to a Manhattan himself in New Jersey is Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Good evening, Jeff. Um, so... I did stock up my uh, my bar cart for your arrival on Friday, so Jeff stayed with me this weekend. Uh, but I've actually gone with a beer. I went for this uh, big man's brew, mm. Clarence Clemens. Yep. Uh, uh, it's a flying fish brewery. It's this pale ale uh, inspired by the great sax solos of Clarence Clemens. Crisp, clean, and refreshing. The perfect combination of Munich and Vienna malt, citra hops, and a 5.2% ABV. Um it's very good. It's a very nice drinkable um, pale ale. I've never had this before. I've heard of flying fish before. I've never heard of the big man's brew, which mm-hmm. they do. And back by popular demand, mostly the demand of Patty and myself not wanting to do <laughs> match previews anymore. Somewhere in the fish hook of Massachusetts. Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking? Hey, Jeff. Hey, Patty. Uh, so I... I'll just keep the story short. I had no idea what I was doing at the liquor store today. And I ended up with um, a barley wine from uh, River Sticks Brewing and a company called Barreled Souls. Uh, It's called Forgetfulness. Now, I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you the uh, description. The calming tides of forgetfulness in the afterlife. A collaboration between River Sticks Brewing and Barreled Souls. This barley wine boasts notes of toffee and caramel finished with blueberries and a touch of vanilla bean. And I will say that it is uh, a delightful taste, and I will show you two only the fascinating-looking can. Mm. What's it, very, what's it? very trippy design. What's the ABV on that? Uh, no, clocking in uh, pretty low-key, 11.5%. That's <laughs> not that much for a barley wine, um, actually. Yeah, no, not uh, yeah, not terrible. Like I think it might be 13 um, or 14, but yeah. Yeah, that. oh, I'm sorry, uh, 12%. All right. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I tell you what, though, it's a little more than I, I think I was looking for. Like, I, I kind of think that for whatever reason, whatever I've eaten today, whatever I've done today, maybe lack of sleep, whatever it is. Yeah, I think a Miller Lite would have sufficed. Mm. Um, well, just think of this, this is as four with, Miller so. Lights at once. <laughs> this conditioning uh, yeah. for OAOA, just think you just like, get oh, your yeah. alcohol tolerance. Hey, hey. I don't need conditioning, baby. I'm always ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the agenda. We'll review the Cheltenham game. We'll cover the news. We will preview the Wimbledon game at the weekend. And we will uh, we'll talk a little more away away, I'm sure, as well. But we'll start with the Cheltenham review. And Wednesday, going into the national meetup on a high note, a 4-1 win. Justin, your thumbs up. He's been a regular visitor to this section of the recap it's george byers oh man he should be too um yeah he's been fab i mean that just i know you guys were talking last week about how well the midfield is just set and you know it's sort of the mild debate is it three that are set or is it five that are set 
you know, I, I think it's five. I think it's the five that we saw uh, starting this game. But but the guy that I just looked like, I watched the game, and, and I think several of us thought uh, Luongo didn't necessarily have his best game. And, and Bannon was a little sloppy with the ball from time to time. So, you know, Byers was good. I watched the game, and I thought Byers was the best in the midfield three. When I looked this back up and I looked at the statistics from the game, to me this is such a great example of stats uh, backing up what your eyes saw. Sometimes they show you something different and sometimes they tell you exactly that. George Byers led the team in shots. He led the team in successful dribbles. He led the team in aerials, uh, aerial dual wins, uh, not including the back line and actually only two of the back line. He had more than Hutch. he led the team in tackles. In fact, he had twice as many as anybody else on the team. And he was only dispossessed once the whole game. Oh, and uh, passed for 87% completion. Uh, and the only person more than him that played the full game was Story. And that doesn't count because, you know, he was pap- tapping it back to the goalie or, or yeah. across the back line. George Byers was a absolute dominant force and it's been 25 you know, and they have him signed up it's just like I, that's i know chap when you brought that up a little while ago it's sort of you know the light bulb goes on you mm-hmm. go hey this <laughs> this is looking real good he's um, the guy you just yeah, want to like get beast. under contract until like 2027 and don't worry about <laughs> it i just like that i mean the way the way that he's fit in and the way that yeah. he you know him and luongo and bannon like that's i bet that's one of the better championship midfields you know the way that they're they're playing i mean they all have a fair amount of championship experience too is the other thing well exactly exactly um but yeah i just wanted to really highlight you know i know we talk about him a lot and since i've been out i've heard you guys talk about him a lot but fuck when you put in a performance like that uh that that's a a boy eight and a half nine out of ten well getting a giant gash open in your forehead too it's oh and then and then throwing on the the jersey how do they not have like a number on it how tin pot (laughs) a club are you that you don't have like three or four shirts ready to go for the game beauty didn't matter didn't (laughs) stop it man (laughs) patty your thumbs up is marvin johnson's left foot yeah, I think this is also a recurring thing on the podcast as well. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think. Of, I want there's so I'll many things to talk hits, about this baby. match. There's so many, yeah, so many things you can talk about this match. Uh, but I, uh, I come back to over and over again. The, we said in the WhatsApp group, it's like he's double jointed. His ankles are double jointed. He has no angle for that Jack Hunt goal. Yeah, he has zero angle. First of all, he does a nice little juggle, juggle like and kind of like type a few times. Yeah, and the Fobac like, doesn't bite at all. He stays on him. Yeah, he's got like a well, foot of yeah. space. If that. It took, but it took it took that extra as a great call, yeah. that little shimmy. It was an extra little tap right before he let it go, just to buy enough space to float it perfectly onto yeah. the purple. How does he get that angle to get it up in the air? So my, get it my question is, I actually watched this back four or five times. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure it doesn't take a little deflection. Really, you think so? I th- I, it's tough for me to tell because it's like it's a very short, flat delivery on purpose, but I can't. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt because he's seen. I've seen him do it over know, and over again. I know. I know this yeah, it just it, like it, look. It's tough to tell because it takes such a weird. I don't know if it's like some sort of like weird snooker shot. <laughs> it's just. Would Johnson. you put it yeah. past him? No, yeah, I was like, exactly. <laughs> so you get in that spot as a as a left back. You're thinking, all right, get it in. You know, try to shoot it towards the near post. Maybe you get like maybe he sticks his foot out and you get a corner out of it. No, just float it directly on to the other fullback <laughs> at the far post. Like absolutely floats it in perfectly over the defense and just on a tee for Jack Hunt. Does it every game? Yeah. Every game he'll do it. That Jack whole goal. Hunt. I mean they Jack set up for that. I was about to say. I was about the to cross field ball to hunt that starts it and then hunt playing to Longo, Bannon no look over the shoulder, Johnson like like even even the pass who who gave that that cross field pass it, uh, it wasn't story because story pushed the ball up to whoever I'm guessing it was Byers or the Wongo. Uh, Hunt was uh, the right. Yeah, Hunt I think started was... the one from the right to the middle. Right, no, the ball to so Hunt. Hunt the ball to the Hunt, one... I think, was Luongo. Or it might have been Byers. I think it was Byers, actually. Yeah, there was some some little midfield interplay coming up from the back, some nice interplay, the cross, the no look. <laughs> uh, cycle it back to the left side, and then there's the... Jack Hunt, yeah. The jiggle, the cross, the yeah. volley, the side foot volley. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was his first ever Wednesday goal. Yes, I yeah. thought he had scored last time around. He was. Such remember, he went to Bristol. A couple of those teams. He went to Bristol into after us, and he scored like three goals in yeah. the first ten games. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, what? 
but yeah, he's doing a scout for us. A scout for Huddersfield. Yeah, it was. I mean, obviously, uh, some great interviews with him after, after the game too, and uh, it meant a lot. He said a lot of good things about uh, Hutch and Bannon too, and, and their kind of uh, milestones and how he thinks it's not the end for those guys. It's I reckon those three: Hutch, Bannon, and uh, Hunt might be around until they retire in Wednesdays, yeah. and I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I uh, hope so. I was a little. We we talked at the beginning of the year. I said I was a little iffy on on Hunt. I just sort of thought maybe it was a little past him, and the only reason yeah, it might I mean, work is because it was League One. But he's really. <laughs> It's just I mean, been so was, solid. Yeah, he's not he's not the paciest anymore, but his positional awareness is good. Like he knows where to be. He's pacing up move. for League One, he, right? Yes. Like he, he gets there, you know, he right. gets to those spots. And he seemed like he was pretty like you know, regular in the squad for Bristol City, which was a pretty good championship squad while he was there. So it's not like I don't really, I don't I don't think he can make that step up again in his thirties. We'll see, I guess, if it comes to that, but yeah, again, I have no problem with that. It w- it was really nice to see, though, and not yeah. that any of us mentioned this as thumbs up, and maybe we should have. But you know, uh, Baz and uh, Hutch having you know kind of milestone mm-hmm. games recently. Like you, you guys are right to to highlight them. Like just you know, uh, just really nice, uh, really nice to see them in the uniform, enjoying playing for you know the club and the city. Uh, very cool. My thumbs up is goals from the whole squad. I think we've seen this, especially at home recently. But uh, look, we've we've cried out for a twenty goal a year striker for years now. At this point, I think our last one was literally like Gary Medine last time they were in League One. But when you're able to look at whoever you start up front, plus your three midfielders, plus your wing backs, all capable of scoring goals. It, it really kind of ameliorates that need. It's, you know, if you get 10 goals from Bannon and 10 goals from Gregory and seven goals from Byers and six goals from Marvin Johnson and four goals from Luongo and, you know, Dunkley can, can head one in too. And, you know, obviously Patterson. I think Patterson non six, seven. Yeah. yeah. You know, Barry Hino has the hat trick and he's up there now too as well. It, it makes like, so we saw it with, with uh, Cheltenham and like, Alfie May is a very, very good striker at this level. You can see why he's got 20 goals. You know, he had certainly, I mean, he's not a great passer of the ball as they found him the chance they make it 2-2, but like he is just, uh, he's a lot of trouble. He's a handful. Like he is that kind of shorter, speedier striker, can play off the shoulder of the last defender, makes runs. Like he's just difficult at this level to deal with. But if you're able to shut him down, and once they actually weren't really able to shut him down that well, um, they don't offer right that that much else, right? Um, you know, Wednesday, you can take Lee Gregory out of the game if you want to, if you want to really put your two center backs on him. But there's so many other ways they they can score different kinds of goals too, right? It's like they do the channels, they can do the crosses, they can score from outside of the box. Patterson can score with every body part except his uh, hands, basically, at any given time. So. There's a lot of different ways they can they can beat you. You have to like anytime any of those players are around the 18 yard box, you have to you know be aware of what they can do. Gary Medine never scored 20 goals. Was by the way, Jeff, it was the last 20 goal Tud game uh, score we had. No, Neil Meller. Neil Meller. Th- only right, only yeah. 13 of those were league goals. Um, the last 20 plus league goal score we had. Do you want to have a guess? <laughs> Is it Mike, like Mark Bright or something? Very, very close. David Hurst, 1989. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1989. <clears throat> oh, man. Those days, that, that would have been first division, right? Because they went down in... They went down oh, in 89. I, I, yeah, they went down in 89-90, right? I believe so. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I think the only issue with that I have, Jeff, I think you're... You're right, and this is a long-term beneficial thing. So over the course of the season, yeah. would I like them to still have the a twenty-goal a score a year striker? Yes. Well, <laughs> I, I, I just like if, if Gregory didn't single, get hurt, I think he'd be there. On a single-game basis, yeah. Um, you know, which I think we're going to be in a position where yeah. single games are going to make a huge difference. You know, the entire season could come down to one game. Um, 
it'd be nice to know, hey, here's this guy that right. you just don't have the puts him back. The Stephen Fletcher or the Well, but you're right. Marcus Tud Gay or the Lee, Steve maybe McLean or the Maybe. You know, maybe, maybe healthy, ready to go. Lee Gregory is that guy. I do want. I do when want we to talk about Wimbledon. Yeah, that was his. Uh, he had the two goals against sure. Wimbledon last time, and I was rewatching that. Was, I do want to give a shout out you know. to the uh, center back marking Barry Bannon and putting down a perfect cushioned header for to set up Lee Gregory for his uh, for his second goal. Like Bannon could not have done a better cushioned header in that spot to put it right into his path. What a great oh, hit, was, though! What a great hit! Yeah. That was from Gregory. Oh, a great hit! Yeah. He missed. He missed. I think maybe two like tap ins, then scored that. Well, there, was, there, was, there was the hunt cross that also like went directly like into it. Like like speaking of the Marvin, the Marvin Johnson cross was wasn't even the best cross minute. in that game. It was the hunt yeah, cross was, was better than the Marvin Johnson cross for the goal because he had to get it through the legs of like two Cheltenham defenders and put it right into Gregory's path, and then Byers would have had it if they, not for some great last ditch defending. Um, yeah, my we, notes just say, "How did Grego miss?" <laughs> yeah. Before we do move on to the the thumbs downs i do want to put a shout out here for harley dean too yeah back in the squad like some incredible last stitch defending from from dean there in the in the center of the center back three i thought he had a really good game he saved us and bpf saved us yeah. in the last second like, oh that was a great save there was a period of like five ten minutes where they hit the bar yeah and uh bpf came crushing out like just like like like, 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 like peter schmeichel-esque <laughs> of all arms just blocks it with his body uh and i think it's in the same 10 minutes uh harley dean kind of did the last ditch tackle like uh, yeah. stops him from cutting in, so yeah. yeah so we we scored greg gregory scored um and then right after that B, uh peacock Farrell had that Save on the two on one that Jeff alluded yeah, to. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little set piece LPMA right over. Passed a little better. Yeah, it's a little uh, set piece right over buried. Jack Hunt's head, which was a like. Why are you single marking Alfie May with Jack Hunt on the set piece? I will never know. But oh, that's that, that got lost. But that was yeah. the sixty third minute, and then they hit the crossbar. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I don't know what so happened I thought, there. I thought had an excellent game. I like, well, it was B- a weird shot. Yeah, BPF didn't uh, seem to read it. Like he thought it was going way over. I think. Well, it looked it. It, it yeah. dipped down. It was. A, we might have knuckled. I don't know. That was the 68th minute. And then my next note after how did Grego miss is Cheltenham controlling. Yeah. Um, and then a few minutes later, uh, we put it away. So. All right, we'll go to the thumbs down. And to that note, Justin, could have gone the other way. That's exactly it. Like just looking, you know, looking back through my notes, like, you come out four to one, and especially yeah. after this could have uh, been the, the same scores. as the two two reverse fixture. Yeah. E- e- easily, um, it it just uh, you know our, our back three looked kind of shaky. You'll you'll talk more about that, Jeff. You know, I, I thought there were periods of play where we really took control of the game, and you know, as I put it, turning the screws. We just slowly were putting pressure on them. And then we would do that for 10, 15 minutes, and suddenly we'd take five, 10 minutes, and they'd be right back all over us. Um, so, you know, that, that game easily could have gone the other way. We were all singing zippity doo dah and rightfully so, with a four to one win and Jack Hunt scoring, and everybody's happy. But it wasn't again. The scoreline flatters him a little bit. I, I think yeah. so. I, I thought a couple of players for Charlton, I just mentioned Elliot Bonds. I, I thought he was fabulous in, in their midfield. I, I thought he did. He did it all. Um, obviously, Alfie May was was quite good. Um, and I do just briefly want to slip in a gigantic fuck you to their goaltender for time wasting <laughs> yeah. uh, from like the third yeah. minute. Yeah. Is, you know, what are you doing, buddy? No, even at 1 1, like when, when they had equalized, yeah. yeah, the entire. And, the, and, and, and Patty, the ref was not exactly uh, up to the task here. I think it's the worst ref I've seen. Um, it, it might be. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, a, an accolade that you don't want to wear in League One. No, uh, I, not just bad because uh, he was calling a lot of um, like missing a lot of things, handballs, like obvious fouls, obvious time wasting. Uh, it, it was quite biased too. I thought I know all all fans think that the rest biased against him. He gave a lot more fouls uh, for Cheltenham than he did for us, um, and it was yeah. I just thought it was a terrible, terrible performance the referee. And uh, I know it was, I think someone said that it was the guy that sent off Forestieri a long time ago. Sure. I mean, who hasn't sent off Forestieri <laughs> within the EFL referee hierarchy? 
but yeah, I, yeah. Either what say, it kind of ruined the game. Tried to ruin the flow. I thought it was a very open game. Yeah. Um, and even uh, despite his interruptions and despite the goalkeeper slowing things down, it was a very entertaining open open game. And thankfully, one we got on top of. My thumbs down is we're still a little shaky at the back because we're still a little shaky at the back. You know, the long throws and the set pieces and the corner, like just they rode their lock a little bit, especially in sort of that, uh, you know, that 10 minute period after the second goal, especially. And again, they're kind of spoiled for choice in the back line, but they need to make a choice, like make a choice, like decide how you want to play, who you want to play and how you want to play with them, basically. Um, I think Dean, Story, Hutch are probably the back three you want to go with down the stretch based on the Harley Dean performance that I saw this past weekend. But it, even saying that, like it's a little, it was a little, again, not, maybe they played together briefly. Obviously Dean only played a couple of games before he got injured. So they really haven't had time to gel and they're not going to have time to gel because we're in the, the business end of the fixture list now. So they've just got to figure out who they want to play back there and how they want to deploy them and go from there. I think this is the, I think this is the back three though, Jeff, you're, you're spot on. So, yeah. uh, all, all three of them can, can pick a pass, but that's not necessarily the best thing that they do. You know, we know what Hutch can bring for the tackles. We saw what Dean can bring for the tackles. Dean can handle himself in the air. Story is not as good in the air as, uh, as Dean or quite as good at tackling as Hutch, but he's, he's kind of a little behind them on both of those. And he's a little he better. He, he's a little better with the ball at his feet. He's a little, I think more capable going forward than those two too. So yeah, no, he likes, I, he likes I, a little run. I think he likes a little run. Yeah. I think that's the back. Yeah. I mean, I think our lineup is, I think to me, the, the question is literally who plays up front with Gregory. Yeah, that, that's, I thought, that's I thought Mendes Lang question. was very good for the hour. I liked him. I think he's yeah. good. Look, um, yeah. He's unlucky to not get a goal. He was slightly offside for that. Or he just yeah. sees it wide from a, Bannon, from a great Bannon ball. Yeah. Um, and he, he gets really, so much freedom. Yeah. He looks menacing, nice. right? Every time he has a ball, yeah. he's, he's exciting. Yeah. And it's such a strange thing to see because he's massive. And, yeah. he, and, and he doesn't like his moving fast at all, but he clearly is. <laughs> and he's like, he's weird because... You know, he's a winger, I think, probably. It's like the ideal position. They don't really have space for another winger. But he just kind of played like a winger, even though he was the second striker. And that was fine. He, like, played, he, he played on either side, which right, is he could nice over, thing, He could overload either. Imagine, right. having, imagine being a fullback and having like either Mendez Lang and Marvin Johnson or Mendez Lang and Hunt like overloading your side. That's, that's a hassle for you. I think Moore will likely be tactical when he deploys Mendez Lang and Berahino. Yeah. Berahino is much more of a kind of Fox in the box still, I think. Yeah. He doesn't leave the 18-yard box much at all. Whereas Mendes Lang is more like kind of roaming kind of free roll threat with the pace and stuff. So I think they're both great options. I mean, if Barry Hino comes back in the same vein of form that he left, and we've got Mendes Lang just coming back to Finnis too, I think it's uh, fantastic to have both of them. But Gregory's the must, must start every single game. Yeah. No, I, I think what we saw this week, everybody but... In fact, the, I think the lineup that we saw this game, even though, again, it wasn't their most dominating performance and, and it wasn't, you know, it, it, you know, it was a little shaky at times, but I, I think that's the group that I would like to see, uh, hopefully starting, uh, you know, on the road in the playoffs. It's just every game, um, for the next seven games, what consistency, and then we'll bring in the fringe players to relieve them. If they're tired after that, that's what I said a few weeks ago. Uh, still some changes to, uh, last weekend, but still, at least it worked. Now we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll do Wednesday news and preview the Wimbledon game. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. And after last week, we mentioned in the news segment that uh, Josh Windass was back in training and available for Cheltenham game, he has since suffered a setback, whatever that means. Uh, the rumors were it's out for the season. That yeah, was uh, the local journalist. Yeah, Darren Moore did not want to rule him out for the season, but the season is also a <laughs> month long. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Moore didn't confirm the rumors, but um, I think it was both Alex. Disappointing. Um, I, I saw when I was before, like, obviously they play the 
interview with Darren Moore before the iFollow broadcast kicks in or whatever. And I noted, I didn't pay super close attention to the the media on Friday, but they asked him like, basically like, do you regret signing? I think it was Windass and Iorfa long-term given their injuries this year. And I was like, I mean, I, I can't, I thought both those contracts were fine at the time. I think they're good players at this level and can take a step up and you know, injuries happen, right? More often to Wednesday players than other teams, but it is what it is. There's no way you can regret signing IR for Windass and long contracts when yeah. um, two of our best players wouldn't fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't predict they're going to be out for the entire next season. Although, I suppose if you work for Wednesday, I could predict it. But yeah, Fair enough. Uh, a recent signing back in training, uh, Shadipo back in, is back in training now. I, again, not an obvious fit in this squad as it stands, but you know, a, a change of pace, wing option certainly. Uh, you know, if you want to throw out another attacking player, if you're chasing a game, I think. Uh... Darren Moore is the only person I think excited by me doing Shadipo. Whenever we, I whenever thought, anyone mentions him in the interview, he like lights up. Like Shadipo's going to be this brilliant player for I us. Thought, like, like he's yeah, again, it's really tough because he has not played much this year. But I thought he's acquitted himself well enough when when in the squad you're not you're not a big man no i think he was being rubbish for us but maybe he had an injury from I mean, he was carrying yeah. something yeah R- rubbish he, rubbish is well harsh, yeah he said he had to have basically gonna, like sur- right he had to have surgery that like i guess was like a lingering issue he's only 24 like that's fine right but again where's where's he gonna fit in with our 18 yeah. when you go into a game I guess he's he actually fit yeah i guess he's actually only on loan from qpr for a season so Maybe this will be the last we see of. Well, I'm season. happy he's made Dor- Darren more happy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's leave it at that. The apple of his eye. <laughs> All right. I, I don't. I I probably should have. Uh, is there any other news this week, Patty? I'm throwing my phone. I can't. Like, <laughs> I I realize now. I've seen the stats thing. I I'll put it in in the actual podcast. But it is time for the stat man. <laughs> All right. I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> Give me, give me, give me, up, up. Um, two more, two big stats. I thought I'd share with you all. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned you kind of uh, mentioned this early on in your um, uh, ups, your up thumbs up. No club has more goal scorers than us in League One. So the Jack Hunt became the nineteenth goal scorer in the squad. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Uh, and five of those goal scorers have five goals or more, which are. Uh, Incredible scrap. I think that's, that's, from a good, that's, a good, that's a good Wednesday uh, Owls America's trivia night where the 19 goal scorers for Sheffield. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward Just to Just say what you see. <laughs> Just say what you see. Was it you that was threatening to bring dingbats to the OA away? It's not a threat. It's a promise. Pretty sure it was, <laughs> pretty sure it was Tom. Oh, God. Um, second stat from Statman. Uh, no club has got more points at home this season. Not, this is not just in League One yeah. uh, than anyone in the haven't, EFL. Haven't Wednesday scored more goals at home than Liverpool? I, well, I yeah. noticed that this stat has overtaken that stat yeah, that yeah, there was last week. So I'm guessing someone else has overtaken us uh, from the kind of most goals scored at home. Okay. But the, the new stat is no club has got more points at home this season, this whole season. Almost uh, almost like they should be going up in autos. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then obviously the first comment on this tweet was yeah. someone saying, what's our away record though? <laughs> Mid-table. Mid-table. There you go. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's football, right? Uh, win your home games, draw some of your away games, and going up. And then yeah. you're like we're, you know, we're, barely we're and barely that. in a playoff spot. Yeah, there it goes. Well, let, let's keep it that in mind. Keep that in mind, Justin, because five thirty-eight is our next uh, mm-hmm. uh, news item. They uh, have updated their predictions for the season, uh, and they have us uh, first of all seventy-three percent chance uh, of uh, gaining the playoffs um, after this weekend's win. And that twenty three percent chance of promotion, which I feel like once you're in the playoffs, one in four is a pretty safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, I think twenty three percent when they're likely to be probably at bet fifth is not a uh, not too bad, right? Yeah, they've got. Um, I mean, first, first of all, five thirty eight is if you didn't know it, it's the predictions for they start with politics. They went progressed on sports mm. too. And they now do it for like I'm I'm, like, I'm a little familiar with five thirty. I know you are. I have <laughs> listeners. Um, so yeah, they have us um, uh, finishing f- six in their thing. It says fifth, but it's six because Oxford United have a, a better goal difference according to their predictions. 
uh, 81 points. So that means I think we need another 12 points, right? Our last, last seven games. I think we're on yeah. 69 right now. 12 points in seven games, that's doable, isn't it? And that would Very be, doable. I think, yeah. that, that, if we get 12 points in our seven games, that would be a record, I believe, um, to get into the playoffs. So it's, uh, we're going to need a, a big haul, um, but it's certainly doable. Yeah, I don't like it. Now that they're back in a playoff spot, I feel they're in good shape to continue on, right? Like, I really needed them to get back into the playoffs. And then they're even on points for fifth. Obviously, it's a goal difference issue there. So I think yeah, it varies week to week. We'll see how the Wimbledon game goes. We'll get to the Wimbledon preview in a second. But yeah, I. I wish they had made a little more hay out of the last few games than they have, but all you can do is uh, move on to the next fixture. Move on to the next fixture, we will, and mercifully. Ladies and gentlemen, Wimbledon at home. Take it away, Justin. Yeah, so, Patty, I love that you uh, you mentioned your, your two stats. Your first one, no problem, has more goal scores, which Jeff... Uh, touched upon how nice it is to spread the scoring around and then no club has more points at home. Well, that was one of my uh, focal points for this particular draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Wimbledon is, uh, we'll leave kind of the big recent news to the side just for a second. So far this season, Wimbledon's in 21st. That is a uh, relegation spot, six wins, 15 draws, uh, 18 losses. Oof. Uh, minus 22. Uh, on the road, they are 4-4-12 four, four, and 12 with a minus 16. They are not good, and that's when I noted we are the best in the league uh, at home, which really kind of blew me away. Um, so, uh, as everybody should know by now, Mark Robinson was fired uh, by so, I, I have a question about this. Yes, I have a question about this. Please. They have not won in the league since December. December 7th. 21 games in the league. How was he still uh, employed through... uh... So here's the deal. I I previewed this last time. I don't don't call for like people's jobs as a rule, but like how do you let it get to the point where you're in a relegation spot when you have not won in 21 games in the league? Well, so Rob Robinson had been with the club for 16 years, right? He started with their youth academy. He started out coaching their under-19 in 2004. Right. He stayed with them, moved up, managed this level, managed that level, assist in this and that, um, and then saved them from relegation last year. So he was given the full time gig. Um, and this was indeed his full time job. Uh, problem was, as you just alluded to, uh, yeah, winless in 21. In fact, their form, current form is draw, uh, loss, 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 loss. Um and, and I would just like to know, because I enjoy tweaking them, especially because yeah. we kind of got fucked by them last year, although it was certainly our own fault. And uh, also because I just don't like them. Um, the all-time record for consecutive uh, games without a win, Derby County Football Club. Yeah. Derby <laughs> County Football Club went 36 consecutive games without a win, spanning two seasons. That included their... Uh, all-time worst I, f- uh, I figured it had Premier to the Premier League season, ever. Yeah. yeah. Started there. I believe they were, though. It was a September to yeah. September streak. The uh, the Vincibles, you might say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just brutal. Um, anyway, Wimbledon, yes. Uh, complete disaster. Mm-hmm. And just fired their coach. So, of course, the jokes are flying around. And they yeah, are no, no, it's like, we, we talked. Yeah. We talked the last few years. Like, we, oh, you have a streak? We know we how this goes. We are here to help yeah. you out. <laughs> we are here to help you out. Um, but you know what? I, I'm not I'm not buying it this time around. We completely blew the game to them last time. Uh, we had a 2 nothing lead on two league Gregory goals. Um, and that was a game we could have had four or five goals. Um, they, they came back to draw it up at 2-2. Two to two. Um it is not going to happen again. Um, now, I realize they have the dead manager, or dead manager, <laughs> dead, dead cat bounce with the... Uh, well, they don't actually the, have a... It's, it's, not, the the, it's not the new manager bounce. They're like, it's, I assume they just have a uh, caretaker, right? I believe they've yeah, hired Uncle Bulgaria. Right no, they've hired Uncle oh. Bulgaria. Yeah, the Womble. They, want, they hired Uncle Bulgaria oh, as the Jesus Womble. Christ, man. And uh, he's going to clean things up. Fucking I was yes. hoping I was <laughs> I was hoping we could get through this without mentioning the wombles, but <laughs> it's, 
is what that is. No, I, I've checked as of quite recently. I've checked. And this is the only problem in doing this podcast so early this week hmm. is we, they don't they have zero plans for a manager right now. Um, <laughs> so the way Robinson played with them was actually like pretty fun. Uh, he played the four two three one, um, and and he was known for being fairly tactically flexible. Would drop to three at the back, or or even switch to a four four two. Um, they wanted to possess the ball and they wanted to move it quickly, high press, like the exciting modern football that people like to see. Um, mm. Their front four, their uh, center forward has settled into being all, uh, Ollie Palmer, and then their front three behind them, Luke McCormick is the ten. Um, six goals, six assists. And then their two uh, wide attacking players are uh, Ayuba Saul and Jack Rudoni. Nine goals, three assists, uh, six goals, two assists. Um, and they tend to move around a lot. So that attacking group is theoretically pretty good. But, man, when you're, when you're minus 22 uh, goal difference and you haven't won in, you know, since December 7th, um, and you don't win at home, uh, this or on the road rather. This is um, this is another game. Like we just we got to put this away. I don't I don't care if it's a scrappy, ugly one, nothing, or, or or we fill up the score sheet. But we gotta we gotta win this game. Uh, I mean, not in the least because there'll be a bunch of. I us mean, as someone that's to gonna be it. drunk by nine forty five, I would prefer that this is a a, a comfortable three nil. Let's say I'm eight, not greedy. Eight forty five, Jeff. So I'm, I I have plans. Uh, my plan is to show up at, at Patty's place with a very large Gatorade and a very large iced coffee. Like hydration sort of for the weekend. Manage, manage the weekend. <laughs> uh, the, the very large Gatorade before I go to bed on Friday night and the very large iced coffee as we're heading over to Football Factory on uh, Saturday morning. Preparation. Um, mm. one, one, one more interesting note. On, I'm going to be uh, 40. I have to like manage this weekend as best as I possibly can. Uh, you're, you're young and Jeff. Uh, yeah, especially let's let's get uh, maybe our South Carolinian friend who's uh, just turned fifty. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll drink us all under the table. Probably. Uh, interesting thing about Wimbledon, uh, we noted last time they've never been relegated. They're one of the mm-hmm. only two teams to never have been relegated, along with Morecambe. Uh, both teams are in the relegation places currently, so we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see how that turns out. Wikipedia has not even updated. They still list uh, Mark Robinson as the head coach. So, Yeah, no, I've been kind of yes. following it. It's funny. My preview was all set to yeah. go, and I just checked, like, you know, Wimbledon injury news just to make sure something, and that popped up. So I just, um, you know, I had to use the strike-through feature on Google Docs to eliminate uh, all reference to Mark Robinson. It'd be interesting to see. Um, I think that dead cat bounce uh, – and, and I think it's legit and it comes from, you know, it, it goes almost any sport, anything. There's, there's a sense of when you uh, don't win for 21 games, the same manager, oh, well, that's, the same that's team talk every day before the game and at halftime. And yeah, no, I get it. Like it's, they'll be up for it, it, it probably just, makes sense yeah. just to change yeah. something. But I would, I would expect we'll still see even on the road, um, a pretty aggressive, pressing team like that's what all these players have been taught all year so mm. whoever you are that comes in whether right, you're, yeah, you're not going to change whatever, quickly yeah. no just tell them it's kind of like what's going on at Leeds and why uh marsh was probably a good replacement for bielsa um you know you get somebody who's maybe not exactly the same but knows how to work with that type of of setup so i i would expect whoever comes in with wimbledon to you know actually try to come after us which Frankly, uh, it's been the, it's been the way forward. It. Yeah, yeah, bring it, Patty. Do we have any other business? Uh, yeah, a few things uh, I want to bring up. Uh, one serious one, which I will uh, I'll, I will won't linger on for the 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 bad side of things. I want to really give uh, the good side of things uh, and how this is shaped out. There's a lot of misogyny on Twitter at the moment. Um, uh, so today... At the uh, moment, yeah. At the yeah, moment, yeah. yeah. In, in the Wednesday community, it's even worse this week, let's say. Um, so, uh, ladies' day, we've got lots of nasty DMs from someone around uh, I shouldn't be at the game, kind of like, we don't... No, no man wants women at the game. It's just like prehistoric opinions. There's a guy that used to be affiliated with an old podcast 
that's robbing people, like uh, doing like raffle, selling raffle tickets that don't exist, and then like basically creaming cash out of them. Uh, it's if you if you see someone that's trying to sell you shirts or sell raffle tickets, just ignore the guy. He's clearly got some problems. Uh, but essentially, he's targeting women, um, and there's also lots of other kind of sexist bullshit online. What I want to do out of this out of this misery and this kind of negativity is point yourselves to Her Game Two, uh, fantastic uh, organization. They recently at Hillsborough themselves uh, about basically making uh, the game open, obviously to all. Uh, and certainly being more welcoming to women. So uh, just search for her game too. You can also search for hashtag her game too. Uh, they're on Twitter, they're everywhere. Uh, and it's a great work that uh, one of the Wednesday la- uh, lasses are involved with too, Victoria, that you know mm-hmm. through the Wednesday week. Uh, so certainly look at that and uh, support uh, our fellow supporters. So I wonder yeah, I'll, I'll give a, I just wanted to give a quick shout. It's uh, underscore uh, owl or nothing underscore her name's M. Uh, she was the one who kind of, put some stuff out there, uh, commenting on it. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people follow Claire X as well. Another, you know, like Vic, uh, you know, female who's obviously very into it. Uh, I've made no, uh, no secret of, of thinking that Tina's the best, which, uh, thanks for giving me shout outs to come back, Tina. You are Here the he best. Is, yeah. um, we, we have, but we do, we, we have so many, great knowledgeable you know i don't know what she's going with this week charlie the pooh was another one like there's so many wednesday female fans who like they know the game they have the passion but there's absolutely nothing to differentiate them from any of us and in fact uh speaking for jeff and myself way better than us because they're actually in england and grew up with this shit um and understand it better than we ever can um and for them to get grief and, and hear this nonsense, it's fucking embarrassing. Like we are, we absolutely need to be better than that as uh, men. And, but more specifically, like as a fan base, like let's be more inclusive and, and respectful of this idea that the fact that a woman would make a statement uh, about uh, something and have it thrown back in her face as we don't want women at football. All right. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm glad overall the, the ladies seem to be, you know, sadly laughing it off and, and moving forward, as you pointed out, Patty. And thank you for doing so with the, the really positive attitude of, of uh, you know, the games for her. So I do want to make a, a broader point here, I guess, sort of. I, don't, I mean, I don't want to minimize anything that was said, but there's an article a couple of years ago, I think it was Nancy Frostick in The Athletic about the Sheffield Wednesday ladies team and like like struggling to like, literally have kits for their games and i'm looking at the women's super league table right now in england and yeah a lot of the top Premier league teams have decided to put invest money in in their in their women's teams but like number six on the table right now is brighton hove and albion like why isn't sheffield wednesday for the return on invest like it's a it's a shitty way to think about it, but the return on investment to seriously invest in their ladies teams, like up and down the youth levels and up to the, the professional level. It's like, it's, it's an easy win. And I don't get why they don't do that. The point that like, again, Nancy Frostick has to write an article about it in the athletic. And look, the, um, the ladies manager, uh, is part of the supporter engagement panel, yeah. and we've raised this several times. Uh, but like most things we've raised through that panel, uh, very little has come through. I will give a, a little shout out that we had a small win this week. The uh, three game package that they put out on the website recently was something that came from our petitioning. It wasn't actually our idea; it was someone else on Twitter that put it out there. But we we pushed for that to happen as far as a supporters engagement panel to get this three game package in the season. Kind of gives you a kind of uh, token to uh, get playoff tickets afterwards. Um, so while we did get a lot of stick, um, the, the ladies team certainly, uh, still needs a lot more focus and that's a good call out too, Jeff. A lot more focus. Uh, they've been around for a long time. They just haven't gotten the support of, we, we talk about our club being a big club and, and, you know, we're sitting in league one and we're, we're below it, but you know, the ladies club is, is fucking amateur essentially. And, and there's really no reason why we can't put the minimal effort in that you know a brighton does or as you point out jeff uh, bristol city i know is always yeah. had a big ladies club like why why the fuck wouldn't we 
put the effort into that and getting you no know, Reading and Birmingham know, are both in the I, Super League as well. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no excuse. And, yeah. and you know, it's you know, I'm I'm real tired. I, I get to I enjoy winding up Liverpool fans, and and I know many progressive American Liverpool fans. So I just start shit talking their treatment of their women's team. And they get all worked up. Um, but you know, Man United didn't have a women's team until three years ago or whatever it was. Like it's just, it, it's dumb. And, and it would be really nice if our club was a little bit better about, uh, about all of it. <laughs> Literally everything. Yeah. <sighs> two more pieces. On a more positive note. Yes. Yes. Two more pieces. Of OAOV. Uh, I mean, we've mentioned several times already, uh, this Friday is the, uh, pre-match gathering in New York for the national meetup. Um, over 50 people have reserved. Uh, we can't wait to see everybody. Um, safe travels. Um, if, you if you've got some last-minute plans and you're American, you want to just get the last-minute train, or if you're in the New York area, uh, tri-state area, and you want to come down, let us know you're coming down. Uh, things are planned, but hey, uh, you can join us still. Uh, certainly room for everybody. Uh, and we'll be looking forward to it. It's going to be a great weekend. So I uh, just want to say, let us know if you're coming and uh, see you guys that have already confirmed. But, but, Jeff, that is mm. not the end of our meetups this season. Mm. On the 16th, we mentioned last week, um, 16th of April, they've moved our Easter Friday, Good Friday um, match from 10 a.m. on a Friday, which would be a nightmare for us because we're all working, uh, to 2.45 Fine. <laughs> <laughs> 2.45 on a Saturday afternoon, Eastern time, yeah. uh, which is 11.45 uh, on the West Coast. Um, and this, I'm calling it Owls Assemble Day. We, we had one of these uh, games, I think, uh, Chelsea. In the Chelsea FA Cup. FA Cup, yeah. Yeah, where it was happened to be at like, midday East Coast in time. Uh, and it was great. We had like six or seven cities around America which managed to get out for it. Look, we're in League One this season. We haven't had a lot of meetups, uh, mainly the, the two or three big ones that uh, we talk about every week on the show. It's uh, going to be this, it's Sky, so it's ESPN Plus. Yeah. ESPN Plus coverage, your bars, a good sports bar has ESPN Plus nowadays. So all the college football's on there. All MLS is on there. Uh, if you're struggling to find a bar, we can help you out. We know many bars from our travels and from our connections. We um, are some bars. <laughs> <laughs> we've got people in. We've got city reps on oursamericas.com. Uh, if you're wondering if there's a city rep in your area, uh, the best place to go, though, is the Owls America's Facebook forum. So if you're on Facebook, go to the Owls America's forum. If you're not on Facebook, give us an email. We can help you out another way. We want to see all those cities that do a lot of talk. I'm talking about LA, DC, Toronto. Uh, Mike's already organized Portland. I'm not going to let Portland off. He's also organized Vancouver, too. Um, we, we want to see all you guys get together for this. Um, this is the OA national meetup. It's a big is, game, uh, too. This is a this is bigger oh, than MK Chelsea in the FA Cup, yeah. Yeah, Different this is huge. Uh, uh, National meetups are our priority right now, but after this, we're going to be non-stop talking about Owls Assemble Day. Uh, we want multiple cities to meet up for it. Florida Owls, I'm going to have a, a word with him at the weekend. He better do meet up too. Uh, and uh, we'll start something out. You will listen to episode 173 of the Owls Americast. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas.gmail at gmail.com. And find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Owls Americas. The podcast, intro and bumpers, I follow Wednesday nights, Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show, just what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask you to rate and review the show as it helps more Wednesday nights find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owl. Justin, it's 9 p.m., Saturday night. Wednesday have beaten Wimbledon 3 0. We're all hanging out in St. Mark's Place. What's your go to karaoke song? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, Jeff, great question. Mm. I I mean, would I not be singing Hi Ho Silver Lining? I don't, like, I don't know how, I, I I don't how thick the notebook the is for those uh, karaoke bars, but. Yeah. Um, well, we'll be singing High Silver Lighting pretty much the entire day, I assume, yeah, uh, throughout exactly. it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you know what, Jeff? No clue, but I will say this. Um, 
if I get drunk and uh, there's good beats, if if I you get dance. drunk, so I uh, sorry when I get drunk <laughs> and there's good beats, uh, I will dance up a storm, and I've never been one for turning up a good song. So <laughs> I'm curious to find the answer to your question. Come Saturday night, night <laughs> find out together. Patty's on Twitter at New York Alice. Patty, what is your good your karaoke song after a, a lovely day out? Wednesday three, no when a lot of uh, beer, liquor, other things. I tend to stick with safe ones. Mm. So I go with Green Day Basket Case. It was my, was my sure, first yeah. go-to. Classic. Just, just shout it, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of shout. It's a shouty song, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was like one when I couldn't like play in the car with my mom when I was 12 years old. Because of the, <laughs> uh, lyrically. I, I own that on cassette and CD. But, yeah. And I am on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. And I feel like at some point I will probably be busting out North American Scum by LCD Sound System. <laughs> because... You may think we're from England, but we're not. No, but we will see you probably as soon as I can edit whatever shit show I record this weekend.